Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. There's a, there's a little, little different about you. Something a little different from the last time I was here. Really? Is it your hair? It's not your hair. No. It's not your nails, not your clothes. No. You got a dog. Oh, so ah. it kind of is the clothes because I have dog hair. Yeah, okay. Oh, oh yeah, you do. Yeah. You have little little tiny little tiny white hairs. Yeah. Coming out of your I got a dog. You got a dog. I, I got a dog you from just, a from a rescue. It's you been know. a bit of a surprise for me. Uh, between this recording and the last one, there, there was no mention that a dog was imminent. Uh. Well, we, <laughs> I saw on Thursday night mm. that there was um, the same shelter that we got our cat. They also have dogs. And they had a shipment from Alabama mm. of dogs come up. And, uh, and I was looking through the pictures and I saw this picture of a husky. And I was like, ooh, he's kind of cute. So they had the adoptions on Saturday. So on Saturday, we went and saw the husky. The husky was very cute, but way too much energy, mm. way too spazzy, and mm. uh, and barked a lot. So, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, so we were like, oh, well, maybe mm. we should see what else they have. And then we saw this poor husky mix, this this giant teddy bear, like, cowering in a corner in his little, in his little area, just... Kind of looking at us with these big blue eyes. Yeah, his eyes are the bluest. There's that eerie blue, that really like small his, pupiled. The shelter light calls blue. him called him Ice. Ice. That was his name. Yeah, I don't know if that fits him though. He's he seems like a gentle guy. Yeah, and so we said, you know, has he been cat tested? They said no. He said, well, can he be? And essentially, all they do is they put a cat and a dog in the same room and see what happens. <laughs> So, that sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> he didn't do anything. Okay. So uh, we went for a walk, and we think he was abused. Aww. We just bring in abused animals, apparently. Yeah, apparently, that's you have a type. Yep. Yep. And so we brought him home, and so we've named him Kodak. That's nice. Yeah. When you first said his name, I thought it was Klondike, mm-hmm. because he looks like the... Polar bear on the Klondike bar. Oh. And I figured that was why. But that is not, in fact, why you named him no, Kodak. We named him Kodak after the theater where our... I don't know what you're calling him this week. The penguinologist. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you mean the official curator of cool? <laughs> yeah, the, the OCC. The OCC. Yeah, yeah, you know me. The OCC and I met at the Kodak theater. Mm-hmm. So we thought it would be nice to name him Kodak. That's very nice. And he's yeah. not Kojak. He doesn't have like a lollipop coming out of his mouth. Or... No. All right. I can do this all day. <laughs> okay. But instead, I'm going to ask you who you are. I am Kate, the new dog owner. Oh, and I'm Betsy, the person will never own a dog a day of her damn life. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. But you can have one. I, I, that's cool. I already have one. I'm good. Good. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. And what do we, what do, we do here? We talk about dogs. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, sure. I'm going to count that, particularly for today. But, but specifically, besides that, what do we talk oh, about? Oh, we talk about children's books. Oh, right. Picture books, to be specific. Yeah. 
because we must be specific. Sure. And uh, we talk about whether they're going to be good or bad. We get we get the old things that are considered classics. We read them. Mm-hmm. You've never seen them. No. And uh, and then we, we see how they fare with 21st century eyes. You come with an educated background. I come with a gut instinct. On and new eyes. <laughs> and something that I read 10 minutes ago. Yay. Hey, then... I like that. It's like a it's like a, a quick take, a fast take. What's it looking for? There's a phrase uh, for that. Gut instinct? Sure, we'll go with that. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. So I was inspired this week. Oh. Because you got a dog. Yeah. So I was like... Well, we should do, we should do a dog book now. With in terms of a dog, um, was this dog bathed when you got it? Uh, no, we bathed the dog. Yeah. After we got it. So you it. bathed the dog because the dog was a dirty dog. Yes. Would you say? Yeah. Well, he was, he was, a, was sm- a he was a smelly pup. He was a smelly pup. Well, well, what's this I got here? Harry the Dirty Dog. Harry the Dirty Dog by. Jean Zion. And illustrated by... Margaret Bloy Graham. That's correct. It's about a dog. You have a dog. He's a dirty dog. He's a dirty dog. Harry the Dirty Dog. I'm just going to do this entire thing in like a like a thick New York accent, you know, just talking about the dog and coffee. No big whoop, you know. No, you're not. Aww. <laughs> it's cute in small doses. Aww. But read that book. It's also cute in small doses. <laughs> okay. Excellent. While Kate's doing a read, let's crack open 100 Best Books for Children by Anita Sylvie. It gives us a little background information, some stuff you might want to know. Now, if you will recall, the illustrator of this was Margaret Bloy Graham. Now, Graham met Margaret and Hans Ray of Curious George fame. This is another husband-wife pairing that worked on classic picture books. This is far more common than one would actually tend to think. Um, Came up then, it came up once again, and she was encouraged by the two of them to put together an art portfolio. She did so, and then her husband wrote these tales, and the rest, as they say, is history. Hello there. Woof. Woof. Woof, woof, woof. Woof. Bark, bark, woof. Ah, touche, my friend. A little, a little arf, or is that too much? Eh. Oh, I, man. You I'm so close. I'm so close. <laughs> and then I just like went too far. Over. Oh well, it happens. So that's a book about a dog. It's about a dog. And he's he's uh, he's, he's a dirty dog. Well, he gets dirty. He gets dirty. He doesn't start off all that filthy. At the I, end. No, he start, He probably starts off a little smelly. Yes, I would agree. And um, uh, and he is getting ready to take a bath, but he doesn't want to take a bath, so he steals the scrubbing brush. Right. Uh, dogs have scrubbing brushes. Now that's. Well, that would be my question for you. Do dogs have scrubbing brushes? I've only bathed this dog once, and we did not have a scrubbing brush. You didn't, you didn't uh, fill the brush with soap? But then soap? again, like, we had, like, a detachable shower head sort of thing, which... They, right, they didn't have that back right, then. Right, exactly. Right, so if you wanted to bathe your dog, you put him in the bathtub, and then... You used a scrubbing brush, You used apparently. a scrubbing brush, I guess. I mean... I've always just, I don't own a dog. I don't know anything about dogs. Uh, it just seems natural to me. I'm learning with this book. <laughs> we're learning We're learning so many new things every day. And, uh, and he decides, so the dog buries the scrubbing brush in the backyard. Which is a smart plan, I and, should say. And I'm looking at this. He buries it in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking and I see there's a robin up in the tree. And I'm like, oh, this must take place in Michigan. It doesn't. I'll tell you where it takes place. Oh, oh. 
oh, oh, okay. Yes, there's an actual place where this takes place. I mean, to be fair, we do have robins here in Illinois, but yes. Well, you'd think, like, it's, okay, like... Continental mid- U.S., we'll say that. M- like, Midwest, oh, sure. North yeah. of the countryside. Sure. Right. Any of those states that made the robin their state bird, yes. So the dog decides to run away mm-hmm. because he really doesn't want this bath. Apparently, apparently they've been so traumatic. It's such a such a minor <laughs> thing to want to run away over, but I guess don't little kids like run away over minor things too? I guess. Like yeah. my my husband actually has a photo of himself when he was like four, and he was running away from home, and he had packed a suitcase full of comic books, and his mom thought it was so adorable that she took a picture of it, and he had a whole plan. He was going to live in a field next to a shopping mall. It was going to be great. Did not work out that way, as it turns out. <laughs> Long story short, he didn't actually run away I from I mean, home. I yeah. just wonder, like, how is it so bad for this dog that he decides he needs to just... He doesn't look grim. He doesn't look like he's grimly setting off to escape a horrible life. Yeah. He looks pretty cheery. Yep, he just decided to run away. Yeah. So he first um, messes with these... So these people are trying to fix the street, and he gets dirty playing in the... In the... What do you call this? I mean, that's tall. Like the pit... That's a tar pit. So here's... That's not coming out. I don't care how many scrub brushes you have. And here's where I have two... Well, one comment and one question. Barrels actually say tar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's tar. So I know where this is located because on the side of this truck going through the street, it gives an address. And I looked it up, and you know where it's at? Where? Ontario. What? Dundas, Ontario. It's an actual address. Well, that's weird. Yeah. And then, but my question is, why are there bombs (laughs) placed all around? That sure as heck looks like two little bombs with lit fuses. Right? One's going to blow up a bird. One's (laughs) going to blow up a pile of... They're not mining. There's not fire in the hole situation. I don't know. Why are there bombs in the middle of the street? This is a suburban neighborhood where they're simply repairing potholes. It's Dundas, Ontario. Yeah. Apparently that's how they do it. It's the Canadian way. I I just It's how they do. I I just thought that was really scary. You know what what they would say after they blew up... There's three. There's one, two, three. What the heck? You know what they'd say after they blew up that bird? Sorry? Yeah! <laughs> you my mind. So then the dog decides to escape the tar pit, and now he's getting even dirtier playing at the railroad. Which really, it's just, he's on a bridge, yeah, and he's getting all the smoke and soot, soot from yeah. the train. But here's what I'm thinking. If it's that dirty, why is there a mother and a child also on the They're bridge? not directly in the middle. I think they're smart enough to know you don't stand in the center of the uh, elevated bridge when the train goes by. You want to see it from above, so you can step to the side. So they're not getting the full brunt of it. But he's like, his, his nose is in the thick of the coal, of, of the, the bird soot. coal soot. Yeah. yeah. This is, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, the ways he gets dirty... Could you get dirty that way today? Tar in the street? Maybe? No, no I mean, person no would allow a dog. No, no one would let a dog near that. No. I mean, it seems a pretty chaotic situation. And I'm sorry, they simply don't have trains that produce soot to those degrees anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's more likely that the dog's going to find a pile of mud mm-hmm. and he's going to roll around in it. Right. Well, that that seems too that easy just, that for old Harry good, here. That doesn't make, that doesn't make for a good story. No, it doesn't make for a good story. So then he... <laughs> 
he then he runs to like a dog park essentially. Um, a feral dog park. I mean, yeah. there's no owners to be seen around here unless it's those there's, guys working on the house in the background. Yeah, there's no owners. There's no like barriers. It's just like ten random dogs. Yeah, that's... and he decides to play tag with them, and he gets even dirtier. You know what I'm impressed with? What's that? Not a single dog anus in all of these pictures. I know. By the way, um, the Canadians. I don't have it to yeah. show you here, but uh, somebody on the old Twitter found the most disturbing children's book picture. I know all I'm going to say is it involves dog anuses. A lot of them. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the old Twitter. You, you, I'll, I'll retweet it for you. Okay. You, you can check it out. It's really weird. I was just looking and I'm like, hmm. Interesting. Yep. Well, it's American. He's Canadian. He's Canadian, but they're American. Oh, wait. She atten- the illustrator attended the University of Toronto in 1942. Dude, I'm telling you. Okay, you called that one. Okay. Man. You're welcome. So <sighs> then he slides down a coal chute and gets the dirtiest of all. Ah, coal chutes. You know, I remember them well. Since when do... Dump trucks, because it's essentially a dump truck. This is a dump truck of coal. Have hood ornaments. Uh, of ladies. That's a lady. Right, that's like... That's weird. Yeah, you'd see that She's on... not, like, she's not a ship. It's not a Rolls Royce. It's not a Rolls Royce, and it's not, it's not a ship. not a Jaguar. It's an Acme coal dump truck. With a hood ornament. Yep. Doesn't that make it a... Of a lady. It's a little weird. Yeah, I'm gonna grant you that one. Okay. This is what I find. The weird facts. I like those weird facts. You just keep, keep keep on finding them. Okay, here's another one. Oh, okay. So the dog, right, so he decides... Now he is... He's getting lonely. Fully filthy, yeah. And he's like, maybe I should go back home. Maybe yeah. they thought that I actually did run away. Right. Which, honey, you did. Yeah, you, you so, did, yeah. So he's walking past this restaurant that has a no dog sign. Yeah. And palm trees? Uh, that's to show it's fancy? In... Canada? It's like the Winter Garden in Manhattan. Again, this is Ontario. Yeah, okay. So... I I don't know. It's... Well... And they're indoors? If they're fake, it's even weirder. Fake palm trees. Fake palm trees. Indoors. In a cafe. In Canada. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Interesting choice. I can only assume she modeled it on a real place. (laughs) It's just strange. Who would come up with that? So the dog... Harry. Harry. Is his name. He is. He comes home and he went from being a dog that was white with black spots and now he's black with white spots. That's great. No. In real life, he would be brown or maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Or gray. This is why he doesn't go in the mud because everything he got, he touched was black from the coal to the soot. Yeah, dirt can still be brown. I know, but he was doing specifically, like, black-centric things. That's not true when he was playing with the dogs in the park. But look what's on, he's going on the inside of where the the black grease is, on the inside of these, these, um, But he's also gonna be, like, in the, like, playing on the ground, No, I grant that, but I think he's doing enough things to cover up the brown with various soot-related activities. So that it's not gray? It should be gray. If it's it black, should be gray. I would agree white, there. It yeah. should be gray. He should be gray. Tell you what, your dog's white. <laughs> I'm gonna put him through a coal chute. No, that's okay. And we're gonna see what color he turns. We're, we're okay. Okay, you sure? Yeah, I'm good. Because I'm I'm fine with it. All right, you can All wash right. him. Uh, okay, <laughs> moving on. Back in the book. So he comes back to the house, and the family doesn't recognize him because he's now black with white spots. Yeah. 
Are they daft? Yes, they're daft. <laughs> because he looks exactly the same, except he's, he's filthy. Right. Yeah. But apparently they... This is one of those situations... It's like on a TV show where someone puts a mustache on and you can't... Like, no one can figure out who they are. Like, who could this person be? It's like Clark Kent. He's yeah. essentially are, they're, they're in clueless. his Superman form. Yeah. They're clueless. Like okay. Lois. So... They're like, oh, that's not Harry. So he, he decides to try and show them through a series of tricks that he can do that it is, in fact, him. Yeah. I gotta say, they're adorable. He's very cute. Like, come on, look at... He's trying to do, like, a flip, and he's looking at them with No, his... these are good tricks. This yeah. is high-quality tricks going on. So wouldn't you think... You have trained this dog right. to learn these tricks. Right. It took weeks, months, years, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you don't recognize your dog? Any old dog can do the exact same <laughs> tricks my dog could do. He flip-flopped. Yeah, they, they are... And he flip-flopped. This is his. This is the real reason he ran and away. He, dead. he ran away because his owners are stupid. Yes. <laughs> and, and he couldn't take it. And then he came back and he forgot they're stupid. He danced and he sang. I just... At this point, I'm like, dog, you are better off with another yeah, family. Yeah, no, seriously. Go, please go find somebody else. Yeah. Because the family's they're like... They're just like... They see him do all these tricks and they're like, oh, that can't be him. Yeah. So we then, don't know that dog. He almost gives up until he decides to dig up the scrubbing brush that mm. he buried in the backyard. He did. And he runs into the house. He jumps into the tub the parents like, kids, why don't you wash this dirty dog that just jumped into our tub with a scrubbing brush? So, I don't know about you. I own a home. If a dog ran into my home and jumped into my bathtub with a scrub brush in his mouth, my first reaction would not be, I'm going to wash this dog. My first reaction would be, <laughs> call I'm animal control. Call animal control. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, there's a freaking dog in my Shut bathtub. Shut the door. Shut, yeah, and... I, yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be, I'm going to have my two kids Yeah, this I'm not going to leave my children alone in the room with, with the dog that I don't dog. recognize. But you don't even recognize your scrubbing brush? Like, well, may, they may, they don't know necessarily he buried it. It could be that they think it's been in the bathroom the whole time. Now, of course, it begins... He runs into the house with the scrubbing brush. I, these people aren't very bright. I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. And... They're so like they're like what are they a new they're such a nuclear family they're such with a the nuclear. mom with the apron and yep. the dad with the sweater Does he have a he should have a pipe somewhere I'm sure he's got a pipe point five kids yep. with the white picket fence yep Ooh. and I don't think we need to mention all of them are white oh of course yes. And so, right, so anyway, the kids clean the dog, and they discover, oh, it, it's our dog. He was just... It's now, Harry, it's Harry, it's Now Harry. he's white with black spots he is. again. He is, indeed. And, and he's uh, so cute. And he... He's at, so cute, he's so fluffy. And then after dinner, he falls asleep with the scrubbing brush buried underneath his pillow. He dies. Which made me go, Aww. Aww. He's cute. He's a little sunbeam. Yeah. He's so cute. I'm not a I'm not a dog person, but I, I do I do like Harry. He's a he's a sweet little guy. Or a little background information. So this was created by a husband and wife team. The old Zion Bloy Graham team. <laughs> Rolls trippily Ro off the tongue. Yep. Oh those. All those. <laughs> uh exactly. So basically they met when she was uh, the thing is all the information I was able to find about this book was about her, which is fascinating. Hmm. Now, partly this is because she didn't die that long ago. Um, I 
think she died in 2014 or 2015, somewhere around there. Um, she was twice a runner-up for the Caldecott Medal. Not for this book, hmm. I should say. Uh, but she uh, was doing freelance illustration and design when she met him. They got married. They started making picture books together. This was not their first book together. They did uh, a couple of others. This came out in 1956. Which you can definitely It is tell. the most 1956 book I could probably find. Oh, absolutely. Buy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you asked me to just typify and siphon down 1956 into a picture book, <laughs> this would be the one that I would grab. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's very Pleasantville. It is very Pleasantville. A little personal information about her. She always, according to her uh, a friend of hers named Doris Hagen, she always had dogs growing up. She loved pets. She was very generous with the animal rescue. And she invented Harry from two of her favorite dogs. She sort of put them together. And that's where he came from. Uh, it was number 43 on the old wow. Top 100 Picture Books poll. Okay. 43, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair, hmm. fair place to put it. So people have interesting reactions to the book. Uh, and I need to start this with a, with a story. It's a little story time here, Kate. Mm -hmm. There was a one time I was working in Greenwich Village in a, in a library. And a woman came up. She was a grad student. And she wanted as many sexist picture books as I could come up with. Now, it's very hard to find sexist picture books. And I actually did not grab this one. And I thought of this recently because Vox wrote an article with the clickbait title... I never noticed how racist so many children's books are until I started reading to my kids. With this book, she says, because the mother is wearing an apron, it is sexist. Now, she also says that bread and jam for Francis is sexist because the mom wears an apron. Because she makes the meals and... I mean, she does... She does make the meals. Yeah, sure. They both... The I assume that the mom in this book probably also is the cook. Mm -hmm. But... I cannot say that wearing an apron is a sexist thing to do uh, because I have looked at so many other books. For example, uh, Blueberries for Sal. Yeah. Never mind that Sal is this wonderful androgynous character. The mom wears an apron. Therefore, well, it must be sexist. And there's no dad. And there's no dad. It's clearly, like, as and, you said, and she wasn't like a single mom. Wedding. Yeah, she's not wearing yeah. a wedding ring. She's by herself. Work it, girl. <laughs> yep. There's another book called Lyle Lyle Crocodile. We haven't done that one yet. Um, we're a male... Uh, Crocodile uh, cooks and ice skates with the missus of the house who wears an apron. Hmm. I can't see that. It's particularly You know, sexist. I bet Barracine Bears has Mama Bear wearing an apron or something. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if it's even like a permanent part of her blue moo moo, but I can't. <laughs> There's no other word for what that woman wears. It's a, a nightgown? Freaking... Yeah, it's like a nightgown. She's got like a nightcap on the whole time. I could never figure out why she didn't just put <laughs> she... some damn clothes on. She's so You're tired. You're a bear. She's so tired. And Have you seen her husband? And let's see. Let's be oh. honest. Like, I work from home, and sometimes I don't get out of my pajamas. Yeah, but you don't have, like, two kids coming to you with, like, bullies who have essentially just ripped their clothes to shreds. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, your lives are different. <laughs> oh, uh, Sylvester and the Magic Pebble. The mom wears a, an apron there. Mm -hmm. But remember, uh, it called the, uh, it made the cops all pigs. So I'm going to call that a little subversive in that one. <laughs> so I once made... A complete listing of all public children's literature statues in the United States. So anywhere where you could like go out and see a statue, like you didn't have to like pay money, you go out and see a statue for free, like of any children's book character. I made like the ultimate list. It is, uh, if I do say so, it's a work of beauty. 
Okay. It, it is. Now, there is a Harry the Dirty Dog statue. And it's in Bookworm Gardens in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Hmm. Bookworm Gardens is a garden based completely on children's literature. They have over 60 different books represented. Uh, and you can, like, walk this little path. And so they've got a little Harry, and you can actually watch him, wash him. It's got a little scrub brush. Oh. I don't know if they dirty him up or not, but, I mean, it's a statue outside. It's going to get dirty one way or another. So you've got a little scrub brush, and you can clean Harry. Aww. It's so cute. I'll put a link to it. Uh, so I did the math. Um, Sheboygan is 118 miles away. <laughs> so that would be a two-hour and 34-minute drive. Uh -huh. uh, I think we can make it if we if we leave now. No, we're good. No, I got this thing. Uh, I have to wash my hair. Oh. Yeah. Can't you do that later? No. You can do it while we wash Harry. No. Okay. <laughs> well, you, you, if you change your mind, you tell me. Okay. And uh, I should say the... For the people who are wanting to visit, they even have recent books like Sam and Dave Dig a Hole, which impressed me very much. But they could work on their diversity. There was a book about George Washington Carver, and that was about it. So maybe they can update that part. But I still want to go and see what that looks like. So okay. I'll go alone, I guess. <laughs> Ratings time! Right. Well... Ratings time. Before we rate it real quick, mm. on the page that had the bombs... And yes. And the address. Oh yes. There's also the 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 driver of the I don't know what you call this the the steamroller guy. Yeah, he's a steamroller. I just love that he has a little umbrella. He does. And a little mustache. He doesn't want a little. He doesn't want to burn. No. And I can appreciate that. Yeah. Anyway, skincare is very important. Okay. It's very random. I just yeah. saw that and I was like, that's super cute. For some reason, I think his name is Mario. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> Driving the steamroller. <laughs> Anyway, I I think the the characters are definitely and the setting is definitely classic. Very. With the clothing and the house and mm -hmm. the white picket fence and that's all classic. Sure. Is this book a classic? Mm. I think the story is simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a very sweet character. It's so cute. I think the parents are idiots. Well, yes. <laughs> oh, family is pretty dense. Um. I mean, the kids I could forgive. Mom and dad who trained the dog, not so much. I don't know. I feel like it's your pet dog, kids. You can't even recognize your... Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, the whole family just seems to be a whole like... Broom. But, but I, I think it's... I, I actually do like the drawings. Oh, yeah. I love her art. Her it's, style is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cartoony, but not to the point of being like... Annoying. <laughs> now, it's got the big black holes for the eyes. This does not disturb you in a Coraline way? Um, you know, I thought about Coraline with the dad. It depends on the size of the pupils. Oh, that's interesting. If so it's, he's more elongated, so yeah. you find that less... Uh... So if, if they're bigger, I get freaked out. Oh. But if they're smaller like moms, then it's okay. okay. Or smaller like the kids. So only the dad really is the dad. in the thrall of the devil. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we're clear. So I... I I like, but I like the story. I like the art. I'm not in love with it. I don't mm. think I could remember the dog's name. Yeah, clearly, because I think I kept trying to bring it up and, and <laughs> you and weren't remembering it. And it's even the title of the story. And yes, I, you could just call it Dirty Dog and I would get that. That's Harry the Dirty Dog. Yeah, I wouldn't remember Harry. Harry. So I would give it a 5.5. 5. All right. So when right. you said it was a 43 on the yeah, list, yeah, yeah. that's like, okay, that's about a 5.5. 5 okay, like, okay. Yeah. I definitely think I like this book more than you. Um, because for whatever reason, you, you say you can't remember the title. I can remember this book so clearly after I put it down. And I as I get older and my brain turns to mush, 
books that I have read a long time ago and then I can remember like really clearly later, I give more credit to in a way. Um, is it the most original story in the entire world? It is not, but it's really told well. The writing is good and the art is really good. It's sad that it didn't get any Caldecott's, but eh, that's life, man. Um, so I'm actually a 7.3. I know, you thought it was going to be 7.4. I'm disappointing you. It's a 7.3. At least it's not a 7.2. I was going to say. Jeez Louise. Because, you know, people would just be... so disappointed I'd get so you. many calls. So many calls if that happened. So it's a yeah. classic. It's classic! Yeah. Yay! Alright. Happy doggy bookie. I mean, I'm not like... You're not disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not like over the moon, but cool. That's fine. Yeah. Letters time! Ooh. So many letters. Do people like us or hate us? Uh, both. Okay. So, <laughs> we'll start with people who like us. Uh, this one comes from Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. She says, um, I just say, I'm saying that with, like Hannibal Lecter for some reason. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, Lisa. <laughs> I take it all back. Lisa wrote, I was wondering if you would consider the Little Critter books by Mercer Mayer as a possible classic. They were a staple in our reading diet when my boys were little. This is a good point. Which one? This is a whole series of books. I would like to do a Mercer Mayor. Are they about ants? Uh, they were... I don't want to tell you. Is I don't it, want to ruin the surprise. He's a critter, so I imagine critter. like insects. Like... No, he's a critter. Yeah. Like ants or grasshoppers. No, that's or... not a critter. That's an ant or a grasshopper. He's a, critters. he's a critter. Yeah. That's all that he is. Critter. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we'll get to him. Maybe there was a one that... Maybe the first one was just called Little Critter. That's entirely possible. I will research this further. Also, I would love it if you could post the email address for the podcast somewhere to see. Maybe on your Instagram profile. I always forget yeah. if it's Fuse8 and Kate, or Kate and Fuse8, or any other possible combination. <laughs> it is not, in fact, either of those. Isn't it FuseKate8 at gmail.com? Well, we, we reserved, we actually, <laughs> a, like, we did. four different versions. We we were, just in case. Like, Fuse8, Kate... Fuse Kate 8, mm -hmm. spelling out 8. Yeah, at um, gmail.com in each case. And so if you get it wrong, it's probably going to get to us one way or another. But yeah. that's a good idea. Well, I'll, I'll put yeah. it up on the Instagram uh, yeah. bio. So, I agree. Yeah. I think that's a very good idea. Uh, she also said, I listened through the Player FM app and don't see it listed there either. I don't even know about the Player FM app. So I will look into the Player FM app and, right. uh, and see what I can do. Rachel writes in. She says, Dear Sisters... I recently discovered your podcast, and I am addicted. Aww. Since I spend seven hours commuting each week, I am slowly catching up. Seven hours Ooh, each girl, week. girl, I feel you. I've oh, done my. that. I did. I used to do in L.A. two hours to work and two and a half hours home. Oh, yeah. It was awful. So I totally understand long commutes. Oh, and I'm glad you're listening to us. Yes, I'm glad you're listening to us. I just listened to your episode on the paperback princess, and I took note of your concern about the lack of bum references in children's literature. <laughs> this is the fact that not enough people are called bums. Yeah. Yes. Well, I've got a treat for you. I recently bought a book called I Need a New Bum for my niece and nephews. It has plenty of bum references in it. It's by Don McMillan, who I believe is a New Zealander. Don't read the American edition. They change bum to butt. It's not nearly as funny. I'm not sure it's a classic, but it made me giggle. It's also torturous for my sister to read over and over to her kids. <laughs> That's important to me. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. I have heard about I Need a New Bum. 
I think because, have you ever heard of Wonky Donkey? Nope. Okay, there was this grandmother on YouTube and she read Wonky Donkey, which was this out of print scholastic book from like 91 or something. Suddenly it's the hottest book in the world because everyone sees this grandma reading to their kid and apparently she's the greatest great re reader of all time. So then the second, she had a second video. It was not quite as popular, but I believe it was I Need a New Bum. I could be wrong about this, but that was my impression. And I did not know that they translated it as I Need a New Butt. Who would buy that? I Need yeah. a New Bum is way better. Yeah. I have to agree. All right. You just go through hobos one week at a time and you just gotta get a new one every, every week. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna try to like come up with like a hobo name. Like, oh, you know, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Think of the joke, then tell it, Betsy. That's, that's your motto. All right, but here we go. All right, Sarah. Sarah's got some issues. Oh, dear. But she begins, dearest Betsy and Kate. Oh, sweet. I hate your guts. Well, no, she doesn't hate her guts, but, and I'm surprised we didn't get more. We actually got more on Twitter of people objecting to this than uh, in actual letter form. So I do appreciate that Sarah actually put this in the letter form. Um, It's Frederick, darling. People like Frederick. Oh. They like him a lot. Well. Um, our, our third sister and our first cousin, or second cousin, uh, both like Frederick. Well. So, I know. I was amused and surprised by your rather cynical interpretation of Frederick in the most recent episode. I actually get where you were coming from with the comparison to the ants and the grasshopper fable, but I've always had a different view of Frederick, which, though not my mostest favorite picture book in the classical canon, is still a perennial pick for my story times, especially in this gloomy January-February midwinter season. Yes, he could have contributed more to the efforts of storing up food for winter, but rather than seeing Frederick as an individualist who doesn't care for the state of the community, the takeaway I usually give this story is that of the need for beauty and story to nourish the soul in times of emotional want, as much as the need for food and shelter in times of physical want. Maybe it's just my Anne of Green Gables worldview showing through there. Also, I read this book to a group of kindergartners a couple years ago and had a magical moment when the mice closed their eyes to picture the colors. I asked the kids if they could do the... Still can't unsee it. I asked the kids if they could do the same, really not expecting them to follow me. They had been rowdy that day and was surprised when I looked out to see 40 little upturned faces with scrunched up eyes all picturing colors as hard as they could. It was one of those moments that makes everything work it, worth it. Oh, and she recommends a board game. Oh. Ex Libris. Do you know this one? Nope. It's a library board game where you're building a library, which has to be alphabetized. This is the greatest sounding board game I have ever heard. You do have a birthday coming I up. I have a birthday coming up, so I'm just saying, if you want to get something, that's, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, and she says in her PS, uh, yes, Frederick totally looks like he's been partaking of that poppy on the cover. Those eyelids crack me but up. Here's the thing. You can partake in beauty of the soul and all that exactly. while picking up grains. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. He wasn't. Like, an, it's not an either or situation. Exactly. You can be creative and work. In fact, sometimes when I'm working, I come up with my most creative ideas. Um, maybe he doesn't work that way, but when he's in the shower in the morning, just write him down after that, man. That's when people get the good ideas. Yeah. And then do some freaking work but yeah i don't know that's fine yeah, anyway. said the librarian <laughs> so we people need to work more all right grown-up things i like grown-up things you like well i mean you kind of told it in the beginning of the episode oh did i give it away it's um you know i got a dog you did get a dog um that counts for a lot which and i would emphasize again like 
adopt, don't shop. Like, if you mm-hmm. want a furry companion, cat, dog, rabbit, bird, whatever, go to your local shelter. And if you don't want any of those things, but you still want to help out your shelter, go donate towels or food. Go to their website, see what they need, call them up, see what they need. Like, shelters are always in need of supplies and things. So go, go be a good person and save a life or help others. Aw, yeah. really good. Yeah. Mine's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. All right, so by the time this oh, plays... Oh, well, by the way, I did see Lego Movie 2. <gasps> and how was Lego Movie 2? It's, I feel like it's more for adults than it is for kids. I don't know, though. My kids have been playing the soundtrack, like, nonstop. It's a good movie. Like, I literally took my right hand and I slapped it on my knee a couple times because yep. I was laughing so yeah. hard. Yeah, it's super good. And it has my favorite line in a song of all time. This song is now in your brain and in your brain it will remain. Oh. It's a really good line. I don't remember that part. Really? Because you haven't listened to the catchy song 500 times. No, I haven't. I recommend it. I work up to it now. <laughs> it's my favorite song of all time. Uh, okay. Okay. Right. But the movie I saw was not that, um, though I have seen that one. And I've finished doing my Oscar contenders. I've watched all the ones that I want to watch, so I'm good to go. I watched a documentary that came out last year, so 2018, called Three Identical Strangers. Now, this is kind of a crazy situation where this happened in the 80s. Um, This guy went to college. He he was going to community college. He goes in, and everyone on campus recognizes him. But they're not calling him by the right name. They're like, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. And, like, women are, like, kissing him on lips. They're like, we're so glad you came back. And he's like, what is going on? He goes to his dorm room. This guy stands in the door, looks at him, and he's like, were you born on June 12th? And the guy's like, yes. Are you adopted? The guy's like, yes. He's like, I think you have a twin brother. They drive to this other guy's house, and it's, it's like looking in a mirror. They, have, they were adopted from the same adoption agency. They have the same birthday. They, they, they look exactly the same. Hmm. So they're like, oh my gosh. So this is like a big news story, and everyone's like, oh, it's amazing. It's twins separated at birth. A third guy is opening up his paper, and he sees two of himself in the paper <laughs> with the same birthday, the same hospital, and uh, the same everything. And so he drives, and he meets them. And it's triplets, separated at birth, which is a crazy story. Identical triplets. They're identical triplets. It's pretty rare. They're not completely, completely identical, but they are pretty darn close. So it's this huge news story. They're like the babies of like every, like Donahue, like everyone was talking to them. Like Madonna put them in Desperately Seeking Susan. There's like a moment in the movie where like they're all like checking her out. (laughs) Like they opened a restaurant together called Three Brothers in Manhattan. And, but there's a darker side to this. Why were they separated? Why were they not told that each other exists? And it turns out they were actually part of a scientific study that they were never informed about. What? And it gets crazier from there. Okay, so where do you watch this? Uh, It's available on DVD. Um, I'm sure you can get it other places as well. What's it called? It's called Three Identical Strangers. And it's, it's crazy. I can't. I, the, so the, I want to like, say the coolest part, but I can't because it'll give it away. So. so it's not like on Hulu or Netflix or something. It might be. I got it from the library because I saw it there, and I had seen the trailer for it maybe a couple months ago, and I was like, that looks interesting. And then I saw it, and I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. I like a good documentary. And oh, so man. go to your library and see if they have it on, uh, on exactly. DVD. Exactly. Right. Check it out at your local library. Cool. All right. That's all I got. All right. Well, all right. this has 
been a very dog-centric episode. It is. Next time, I will choose a book that has no dogs in it whatsoever. Okay. Or maybe like a ferret. There are no famous children's literature ferrets. Really? Not one. Not a single ferret? Not one named Freddy. We'll, we'll write one called what about Freddy a the Ferret. What was that? What was A marmot? A marmot. Anyway. No. You haven't seen Big Lebowski, have you? I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been Kate. No. Try again. <laughs> no, I'm... No, that's right. I've been Betsy. There you go. You threw me off. I'm Kate. All right. Bye. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our official curator of cool is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.